day long. Click, listen, enjoy. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This, this is God Stories Radio Podcast. God Stories Radio With Fritz, Mike, and Tina. Welcome, everybody, to God Stories Radio. This is session 162. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. 162, it's Thursday night. Thursday night. Yes, sirree. Yes, sirree. A rainy Thursday in Florida. A rainy Thursday in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) How y'all doing? All right, peachy. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastical. Man, we got a good show tonight. We got a a brother calling in from uh, California tonight. California. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to throw it over to, to you for some shout-outs, babe. Okay, sounds good. So we've got some Facebook likes this week, and we want to say thank you to Kendall Lynn Windsor. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you, Kendall. Appreciate that immensely. And then we also want to say thank you to Estay M. Adam. Estay thank you. M. Estay. Adam. Thank Estay. you for liking That's us on Facebook. Yes. yes, thank you very much. Thank anybody you. else? And if there's anybody else out there that has not liked the shit on Facebook, that uh, wherever you are and you can do it, please do. And then That's you can right. also follow us where? On uh, Mixor. Or? They can tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> or they can follow us on iHeart. On iHeartRadio. On Spotify. Spotify. Yes, they can. On Facebook. We've got a lot of new people from Spotify. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> it is. Spotify is exciting. You better believe it. Man, any new uh, countries or regions? No. Not this week. Not this week. Well, you We're know, still this has kind of been the first week, though, that we haven't had a new one. I think last week, too. Yeah. Was it last We're, week, last yeah. session? Yeah. And I, I'm still trying to figure out how to... Uh, and I'll give a shout out to regions or areas or something, and I, I will. I'll figure it out. Roger that. Well, it'll be exciting when you do figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it. And get Jay. everybody on the prayer wagon for that one. <laughs> That's right. JW's on tonight. JW. Hey, JW. Oh, he's on the mixer. Such a pleasure meeting you last week, buddy. Yeah, good evening, buddy. Well, you dialed into a good one tonight. And oh, he did. everybody that's on YouTube as well tonight and uh you got the music still on on youtube and no i don't <laughs> all right i remember to turn it off all righty score wise <laughs> all right i'm gonna bounce it over to you mikey and uh let you make introduction unless we have uh, other business no other business just and father's business just father's business yeah you beat me to it <laughs> <laughs> well back on uh may 3rd we got a um we got a message from uh, a gentleman, and it says, and the question was, may I share my testimony? And of course, we're, oh, sure you can, absolutely. So then um, I messaged him back the next day. and then mentioned I, him? I messaged him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked him, well, how did he uh, find out about God Stories Radio? And he said, uh, I looked up best Christian testimony podcasts. Best. And God Not Stories something. Radio came up. Well, Father's the best. Yes, he is. Nothing That's to do right. with us. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Rob Decker is our guest. Um, he's on a, he has a, uh, or not he, but the 700 Club through CBN has a short video on his testimony. Uh, Rob Decker is also has his own website, robdeckerspeaker.com. Robdeckerspeaker.com. And he is also a co-author of the book, The Missing Peace in Spirituality. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. So um, at this point, uh, our call-in is Rob Decker from California. Rob, take it away. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, guys. Hey, Mikey. Is that what we do? Mikey? Yeah. Is that it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Hi. Um, it's Rob Decker Speaks. I just want to give you some uh, clarity on that. Yes, um, I did. It's I, an I, S and not an R. <laughs> I did. I, I did. I put an ER on it. That's okay, man. I, I can see where the confusion can be. Well, and, to, um, and close it to the, take much for us, Rob. Right, and close to the end, we are <laughs> we are the uh, God Stories Radio is the uh, king of the shameless plugs. Yep, home of the shameless plug. Right. So, there, so. <laughs> at the end, at the end of your testimony, you can plug away. You bet. All right. Books, tapes, Sounds functions. <laughs> oh man. Okay, this is going to be a riot. I don't know how I it can is. Such a serious testimony with these guys. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you can have fun in Christ. You know, we, absolutely. We believe that. You know, sometimes we have testimonies that are serious and and of nature, and we respect that. But sometimes it's just good to well, to have fun with. Folks. Oh, I'm sure his is serious. But, oh, I you know. know. But um, right. I, and I told him just let the the Holy Spirit lead. Amen to that. All right, Rob. Absolutely. You take know, it away, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm Rob Becker and, uh, you know, I'm originally from Northern California and I was birthed from a woman who didn't have the dad around. Um, my, my biological father wasn't around for, for my birth. And, uh, a little bit about my mom. She, comes from a pretty devastating background where she was the oldest of five children and she was raped and she was beaten. She was passed on from foster home to foster home. Um, eventually she gets pregnant with, with me. And for my mom, she just wanted someone to love and someone to love her back. And uh, she was actually advised to have an abortion on several occasions, but my mom refused to do so. Um, Six months after my birth, my mom met my stepfather, who I will call father, and um, because he raised me, so he was my only dad. Um, throughout that relationship, you know, my dad and my mom ended up having my my little sister, and and throughout my life there was a lot of conflict at a very young age. So what happened was, is at a very young age, like I found out that my dad wasn't my real dad, that my sister wasn't my real, my real sister. What happened was I came home from kindergarten one morning or one afternoon and, and I came home with a certificate and I had my dad's last name on it. Well, his mother wasn't, my grandmother was not okay with me having their family last name since I was in blood. So, you know, my mom had to deliver the message that, Hey, this isn't your real father you know, your sister's your half sister. And, uh, from that day, you know, I, there was a, some separation, some division. Um, I just remember leaving the house that day and wherever this came from, and I'm going to give all credit to the Holy spirit. Uh, I heard that it doesn't matter because God is my father. So I, you know, for me, it was like in this moment, something came over me and said, Hey, you know, God is my father, it doesn't matter, everything's going to be okay. And as time went on, I think that with, in the back of my mind, knowing that he wasn't my real dad and that wasn't my real sister, like, I think it just became this disconnect. And as time went on in the home, like, my mom and dad, were the, they were just these two separate entities. And they came from completely two different places. And my dad was like that Marine, he was a hard-working guy. You know, he was all about providing. And, you know, mom mom was she was more into just kind of letting us do what, whatever we wanted to do he was very structured she was very un, you know there was a lack of stuff time went on there was a lot of drinking there was a lot of drugs uh, there was a lot of fighting in the house you know I, I remember on several occasions the cops coming to the house and having to take my dad away and then you know when I was growing up in the 80s you, you know he'd be home the same night right someone bail him out he'd come home and this continued for years and years and years. Eventually, the drinking, the drugs, the recklessness, the, the arguing, the fighting got to a place with my parents that um, my dad had moved out of the house, got himself a girlfriend. My mom had a boyfriend. They were both on drugs. Uh, my sister was running the street. I was running the street. Um, I started dabbling in alcohol, marijuana, acid, mushrooms, 
um, and my sister got connected to methamphetamine. Uh, my mom, methamphetamine, my dad, methamphetamine. And eventually it got to a point where um, my dad came home one day uh, when I was a teenager and he demanded that I go do the dishes. And I just wasn't going to, I wasn't going to stand for it. He, the, the way he approached me, that he was drunk, he was high on drugs. My mom was passed out in another room. My dad had brought his girlfriend to the house. And my dad and I got into an argument and got into an actual fist fight over the situation. Um, it was probably the worst fight I ever lost in my life. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was a pretty, pretty tough guy. I was a pretty rebellious kid and I was just tired. I was tired, um, of, of everything. And eventually we got kicked out of that house. Uh, everyone had to fend for themselves. I was fortunate enough to meet well. some nice people that brought me in. I still struggled with the alcohol though. You know, we, I would drink a lot. Like I, I would attach myself to my friend's family um, because I wanted to be a part of a family. There's something inside me that yearned for all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty natural situation, right? You know, sure. a, a boy wants his dad. He wants a good relationship with his mom. And, you know, and I wanted to have a good relationship with my sister. You know, it was just impossible with the drugs and the alcohol and all the division in the house. Um, as time went on through my 20s, the drinking became more frequent. Uh, I was drinking more, like, more quantities of alcohol. And then plus when you start throwing the drugs in there, you know, certain drugs are going to allow you to drink a little bit more. Um, you know, I couldn't hold down jobs for long periods of time. You know, I would I would hold it, hold it down for a little while. Um, eventually, my issues would come out. You know, when you're young, you start hanging out with all, all your coworkers. You guys all hang out, party together. And then your issues come out and that stuff comes back into the workplace. And that happened to me on several occasions. And I eventually lost pretty much every job that I had. Uh, eventually, I got a job at Gold Gym. Uh, I think I was about 27 or 28 years old, and I met this young man, really, really nice guy. I actually talked to him today. His name is Bradford. Amazing guy. He um, he would talk to me about Jesus all the time. And uh, and I just, at the time, I just wasn't ready to receive it. You know, I'm just like, you know what, man? Good for you. I'm glad I works for you. That's just not where I'm at, and that's just not what I'm trying to do, man. And and, you know, for me, I just wanted to continue to party and, and, and do as I want to do, do as you will, right? Like, it, that mm-hmm. was just my doctrine is I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You know, it was a satanic doctrine, you know, that I was following. Even if I didn't really know of it at the time, that's what I was doing. And, um, you know, he, he kept pressing me. He kept pressing me, and, and we remained very close friends. Uh, I ended up losing that job. Same stuff, drugs, alcohol, rebellion, stealing, I was selling drugs. Uh, I was selling steroids and, and human growth hormone. And um, I eventually met this this young lady, and she was working at the bank. Well, I was actually going to cash a, a drug check. And um, we hit it off. And, well, <laughs> I guess we hit it off, right? And, and you know, we start talking. We, we form a relationship. Now, early on, like, I just knew it was just a bad situation to, to be in. And... And, uh, I was actually seeing somebody else at the time. And, but that was just my mindset. You know, it, it wasn't really about other people's feelings. It was just more about me. You know, I had to take care of me. I was always in survival mode. Um, mm-hmm. I was always being reckless and I was always in a, in, in this mode of survival where I just had to look out for number one. I just had to look out for me, even though I didn't know how to look out for me. Uh, we start dating. Well, what happens is a lot of problems transpired in that relationship and we had to break up. When we broke up, my buddy shows back up and he's like, you know, are you ready to come to the Bible study with us? And at that point, I wasn't working. I was using, drinking all the time. So uh, I ended up going to this Bible study with my buddy. And, you know, in this Bible study, you know, I'm with all these guys and, and they're praying over me. And, you know, I start I start sweating and I start shaking, you know, and, and you know, I'm not really thinking about anything. It's not. You know, I didn't know the magnitude of what was going on in that moment, but, you know, I was definitely hit, being hit by the Holy Spirit. And I walked out and just feeling on top of the world. I felt absolutely amazing. And I stuck with that for a while. I was reading my word. I was going to church. I was hanging out with these guys. They all embraced me. They all came from uh, uh, the gutter or, or, you know, from broken homes like myself. But what happened was is the young lady made it back into my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
while we were broken up, right? You know, because the devil has a plan too, right? right? And so, you know, I'm on fire for God. You know, I'm I'm still struggling with alcohol and, and, and drugs, but like I'm I'm reading my word. I'm going to church. I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm doing these things a little bit less, but I'm still struggling with it. And um, she shows back up while while we were broken up. She got into escorting. She was uh, selling herself for her services. I wasn't okay with that. You know, I, 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 you know, I still cared about her. I cared what happened to her. So I jumped back into her life while she's doing these things. You know, we started seeing each other. The deal was you have to get rid of these clients if we're going to continue a relationship. From my understanding, she had this one, one last relationship, this one last client that she was going to Hawaii with. While she was over there in Hawaii, she's texting me. She's sending me pictures. She's giving me phone calls. She's letting me know that she was raped, um, that she was she was hit or she was beaten. I, I saw the picture of the black eye that she had received from this gentleman. He had totally disrespected her while they were over there. And, and so she's calling me, apologizing to me for everything that had previously happened in our relationship and promised that as soon as she got back, everything was going to be good. We, we were going to be okay. She comes back. Picks me up from my buddy's house. So she gets back from Hawaii, picks me up from the buddy's house, takes me over to her place. On the way, we stop for some alcohol. We get to her place, start drinking a little bit, and, and we start talking about all the things that are going on, right? And and I'm having a hard time. You know, I have the new God factor. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that previously happened to us was kind of just shaking me up. And then everything that she had just went through was really bothering me, too. I mean, that was a lot. It was a lot to consume. You know, plus I wasn't in the right state of mind. You know, I'd been partying at my buddy's house before she even picked me up to, to hang out and drink. And we end up getting into an argument. We get into an argument. And, and so I go downstairs and I wake up to a banging on the door. And it's the police department. And they're telling me to come out. And she comes downstairs. And I look at her and I said, uh, you know what's going on? She says, I called the cops and I told them that you raped me <laughs> and that you tried to kill me. Oh my God. And then, yeah. Um, and in that moment, I was so baffled, confused, betrayed. Um, you, you come up with the action word, but I was those things. And, you know, it was just this deep hole of hopelessness that I just entered into. And, you know, you're, you're, when they say your, your life flashes before your eyes, I mean, it's a true statement. Like, everything that had been running in my mind in those few seconds, it, it, it seemed like a long a long time, but I know it was a very short period. And I just looked at her, and I just said, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. I can't live life, life like this. And I turned around and ran headfirst through a closed window from a third-story loft and busted through that window, I had all intention of killing myself. I just wanted it to be over. My life had already been filled with so much garbage, no relationship with my family, bad relationships, the drugs, the alcohol. I wasn't working. I had nothing going on for me. I mean, I just received Christ in my life, but in that moment, it just, for me, I guess it just wasn't enough. And I, I flew out that window and I, I woke up on the pavement in a big ball, big bowl of, uh, a big ball of mush. I had broken my back, shattered my left arm, broke my right wrist and collapsed my left lung. All I could do is take shallow breath, look up at that window and ask God why, why he would even let me live. If you go on to my website, um, or you watch the CBN video, so that, the, the window in the CBN video is the actual window I jumped out of. My buddies and I went back a couple of years later, filmed that, that spot. My buddy wanted, wanted to show me that, hey, this is how far you fell. Like, he wanted to show me God's grace. You know, I, I, I kind of remembered, but I didn't fully remember. And when I went back that day, I was just like, wow, like I didn't even realize, you know, I knew that it was quite a drop. And I just didn't realize how much of a drop it really was. Plus, you know, it was concrete right underneath me. After I'm all broken and, and shattered and on the ground, EMTs get there, cops are there, you know, they take me to the hospital. 
perform like a 10-hour surgery. I wake up, tubes coming out of my my neck. You know, you have all those pads on your chest. I got um, the breathing tubes coming out of my neck or out of my nose. I have uh, morphine drip coming out of my neck. The external fixator on my left arm, cast on my right arm. You know, I got a catheter catheter in me. I'm in an intense amount, amount of pain. Like it's, I mean, it's pretty unbearable, even with the amount of medication that they had me on. They had me on like a lot of morphine. I think they had me on morphine and dilaudid at the same time. Um, and I could taste it. I could taste well, the drugs. It was really bad. Yeah, I've had dilaudid before, and, and that is, uh, I think that's uh, a step up from Ativan. Right. It's, well, it's all just like, you know, it's crazy because it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure it killed some of the pain, but, you know, I know that I felt like m- my head wouldn't stop moving. My eyes were like twitching. I had this, this nasty metallic taste in my mouth. Um, it was just, it was rotten. It, it was just like disgusting. Um, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't even bear the taste of any of that stuff. But, you know, I'm laying there in the, you know, in the hospital bed. The cops show up and they're like, Mr. Decker, you're under arrest for rape and attempted murder. <laughs> and they, yeah. Wow. And, and, you know. Talk about your I'm, insult to injury. I'm, yeah, really. Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> kicking a horse while it's down, right? Yeah. Um, it, exactly what it was. You know, it was so, it was so much. It was so overwhelming. They threw the cuffs on me. They ended up putting 24 hour surveillance on me. You know, I, I remember the cop, this cop, he was just, he was just grilling me. He was grilling me so hard. Um, he was reading the police report and he explained to me how bad of a person I was and <laughs> the severity of, of the charges and what was going on. And, and I just remember breaking down. And I was just like, you know, sir, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in my life. I've made a lot of bad choices, but that wasn't one. That just wasn't one of those, one of those decisions. Like, you know, I, I cared about her and, you know, maybe it wasn't the right way, but that's just not something I would do. Now, as this is going on, the conversation is going on. My heart rate starting to race. Cause like I'm breaking down, I'm starting to cry to, you know, it's just a crummy situation. The nurse comes in. She She's just like, Mr. Decker, you have to calm down. You know, they had to get my heart rate to drop. You know, they didn't want my blood pressure up. And as she's leaving, a young lady walks. She walks into the, the room. And she brings her sister, and she has some paperwork with her. And, you know, I look over at her glance, and, you know, the cop looks up, and he's just like, is that who I think it is? And, you know, I agree with him. Like, yeah. You know, he's just like, well, for someone who's been through all that trauma, like, this just doesn't make sense. He he escorted her out, and that was the last time I ever saw her. And later that day, I was laying in bed, and, and you know, I was talking to the Lord, and, and I asked him, you know, what's going on, and, you know, what's to come of all this stuff? And, and all of a sudden, as I'm speaking to him, I just get this really calming, blanketing feeling that, that just covers me from, from head to toe. And, you know, the lights are, are, are dimmer and, and the sounds are, are fading away. And, and I hear this small but powerful and, and clear voice say, the charges will be dropped, your bills will be paid, and you will walk again. And I dove off into this vision or this dream of me playing soccer. And I wake up and all the chaos is back. You know, the nurses and the, the, the machines and the pain medication, like all of it, all the chaos, cops still there, everything's back. Pain, pain is, pain is high. Pain is very high. You know, a couple of days after that passed, the cops show up and they're just like, Mr. Decker, we're dropping the charges. You're no longer. Um, under arrest. Hmm. And in that moment, I was like, wow, you know, um, that must have been the Lord really speaking to me. You know, I felt that I knew that it was the Lord initially. Right. Um, because with the state of mind I was in and all the medication, just the clarity of that spoken word in my mind, uh, those whispers in my ear, like that couldn't have came from anything else but God. But you know, when that came to pass, you were just like, man, this is for real. <laughs> And and after that happened, 
I was allowed to have visitors. So once I was no longer arrested, they were like, okay, he can have visitors now. And my mom shows up. My mom shows up to the hospital and she comes in and she's bawling her eyes out. You know, the doctor that just told her I was never going to walk again. And she comes up to me and she says, you know what, honey? I just wish everything had ended that day. I knew where my mom was coming from. I understood, you know, from a woman who had been beaten and raped and through a couple marriages and, you know, struggled with drugs and alcohol. And then she sees the path that I'm on. Mm -hmm. uh, I I understand where she was coming from. Like, I couldn't even be mad at that. Like, (laughs) I get you, mom. Like, I, I know that that comes from a loving place. What you're saying right there comes from a very loving place. I knew what I, I would walk up. I knew I would. The nurses came in and they said, Mr. Decker, we're going to have to get you up because we've got to get you to try to stand on your own two feet. I knew I wasn't going to that day. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I was in way too much pain. I, I was laying down and, you know, every little turn, every little movement was extremely painful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to get on my toes, but, but I did. I, 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 I thought about, I thought about Christ. I thought about Isaiah 53, which is one of the very first books that I had read. Someone said, hey, you need to read Isaiah 53. You want to get to know who Jesus is? Read Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. And then I had visions of Passion of Christ. I, I, I thought about that movie, and I kind of put the two together, and I was just like, you know what? You know, my mom's in the room, and Jesus would have done it for me, and so I have to get up on these feet, and I got to do what I can. Jesus took a, a worse whooping than I then I have a broken back. You know, I, I'm sure he was in a lot more pain than I am. I I got on my feet and I squealed and the nurses had to put me down and shoot me up with pain medication. And they're just, you know, he's out for the count. The neurosurgeon had to come in and he's just like, you know, Mr. Decker, we're going to have to perform another back surgery. And they did. They performed another back surgery. And when they did that, I was able to drag my foot. They got me out of bed. My left foot would drag on the ground. Now, I wasn't walking but I was on my two feet and I knew that, you know, dragging my foot would lead into walking. And then eventually I'd run and jump. And cause you know, my mindset was like, Hey, you know, we're, I'm here for a purpose. I'm not going to, you know, this isn't going to be my life. You know, I, I know that the Lord has me here for a reason. And so I was really excited in that moment. I remember the nurses like holding me to, to, to walk me down the hall while I was dragging my foot. And I was like, you know, like when you're on a skateboard and you're just like jamming with one foot while the other one's stationary. Mm-hmm. Well, that was me without the that was me without the skateboard. <laughs> like I'm dragging my foot and the other foot's going fast. And she's like, "You're gonna have to slow down, Mister Decker." I'm like, "I'm ready to sprint. Let's do this." Like I'm I'm excited. I'm I know <laughs> that I'm gonna be moving again. Like this is so cool. And so, you know, the guy God showed up. God showed up again. And and you know what He spoke to me. You know, came to pass. But there was definitely a long road ahead of me. You know, I still had to, you know, move in with my mom with all of her her struggles and her drug abuse. And I had all this pain medication that I was supposed to be taking that my mom was taking because she had her problems. She had her addiction. She had Mm -hmm. her struggles. She had her demons. And and, in turn, she was feeding me um, alcohol so that I could still find a way to numb my pain. In the midst of all this, I was still going down to the park and reading my word and some brothers in Christ would come visit me. And, you know, when I was well enough, I was able to start going back to church and getting prayer. And, but it was a process because like the, the alcohol stuck with me for quite some time. But eventually I, I got out of my mom's house, uh, had another surgery because living at my mom's house between the alcohol and her smoking cigarettes, my body wasn't healing. There was no mm. fusion in my back. They wanted my back to fuse. And if you know anything about like carcinogens, that are in the cigarettes, they're going to prevent healing. So I'm sucking in all this cigarette smoke at mom's house, plus all the alcohol I'm drinking. And you know, I'm not, I mean, we're not eating organic food at the house. We're eating like white bread on grilled cheese sandwiches and fried bologna and top ramen, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not eating things that are nutritionally sound that are going to help build my body. That's, and breakfast that's of champions there. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you don't like, if you don't like using the restroom for two weeks in a row, that's your diet. Right there. Just eat that. <laughs> well, now I know right. the recipe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. If you enjoy straining on the toilet, there it is. Uh-huh. You do that wrong. All right. Grilled cheese with the 
and rich white bread. There you go. It's kind of bowing um, down to the wrong throne. Yeah, fried bologna sandwich. I remember having those. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I tell you this, I was I was asking God to help me there too. So we, my mom and I, um, we struggled in our relationship because she didn't have the Lord, and I, you know, and and I was I was seeking Him, and after my surgery, I ended up having to move in with my best friend and his family, they moved me in and they had more of like, you know, they ate healthier. They had a place for me to stay that there was no cigarettes or anything. And so I was able to start healing it at their house. Eventually I had a buddy who, who had just found Christ himself called me up and was like, man, why don't we go to the gym? Like I, I need a trainer. I know you were a trainer because I was a trainer before I broke my back and he wanted me to help him out. But I started touching the weights. I started t- touching the weights and I started falling in love with the weights again. I started, and and before you know it, like, I was lifting weights with this guy and I was, and I started putting on weight. Now, when I went into the hospital, I was 215 pounds. I was a pretty muscular guy. And the first three weeks I was there in the hospital, I spent six there. The first three weeks I atrophied down to about 160 pounds. Wow. So I lost about 55 pounds in mass in, in three weeks. I mean, because my metabolism was so high, my metabolism was so high that my body just ate itself. And plus I couldn't eat with all the pain medication. So my body was like feeding itself. Right, eating. I wasn't feeding it, and so I got really, really skinny. And and over time, I started working out, and I started putting on muscle again. And you know, my my neurosurgeon, like I came in one day, I was riding my bike to go see my neurosurgeon. I, I was exercising. I'm like, the only way to get back in this is to exercise and to eat well and to to do those things. You know, one day I show up, and he's like, "Man, what's going on with you? Like you're you're getting muscular." And I just told him, you know. um, I pray, man. I pray. I, I you know, I, 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 I'm a Christian. I was very proud of that fact. You know, I'm a Christian and, and I eat well and I exercise daily. And, you know, eventually the, the goal is to get off all these pain medications. I mean, I still needed them and I was still drinking at the time. I was still struggling with the alcohol. There's things in my life that I hadn't addressed and I was using the alcohol to kind of bury those things. But over time, all this stuff started to weed itself out. And I would pray about these things a lot. You know, like, Lord, take the pain medication away from me. Lord, take the alcohol away from me. Lord, heal me. Like, I'll serve you. I will serve you. Eventually, I had to get back into the workforce because I know that God didn't call me to live off a disability either. I was living off a disability, and I knew that he wanted me out there to share my story with others so that I can make an impact for him in the kingdom out in the world. And I knew that that was my purpose. My purpose was to serve him and share share these trials and tribulations that I had been through. I finally get back into the workplace as a personal trainer. I'm finally getting off all the pain medication. I meet this young lady at the gym. You know, he's sending love my way on top of it. <laughs> I meet this amazing, amazing young lady at the gym, and um, we hit it off really well. And I remember the first date with her. First date, I, I went on with her and I, I bought alcohol. You know, we went to BJ's Bar and Grill and I bought some alcohol and she looked at me and she says, you're going to drink all that? I said, yeah, I'm just warming up. Like, that's just what I'm starting with, you know? And she's just like, no, nah, I'm not having that. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, Lord, she is from you. You know, like, <laughs> if anyone's going to get me to quit drinking, like, this is a good approach, you know? And the first few months in our relationship, that was like our one big struggle was me drinking. Um, I would go out and, and, and I would drink, but eventually it came to a place in our relationship where the drinking had to stop. It was quit drinking or you're going to lose absolutely everything that mm-hmm. I, I've given you. Like God, God hooked it up. Trust me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I got it. I had a great job making great money for a guy who had just recently broke his back and met this amazing woman, right? And all this was about to be, and I was a manager. I, I was a manager at this place. Like, so I was even given a, a, a title. Like, all this in such a short period of time after getting back into the workforce was, it, it was beyond me. It, it wasn't me who did it at all. Um, I just showed up. Well, what happened was is that I was hanging out with some friends one afternoon. I had my, my girlfriend's car at the time. I was supposed to go pick her up at work at nighttime. Well, I went drinking with my buddy. I just thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I end up, I'm supposed to go pick up my girlfriend from work. She had just started a brand new job, just graduated college. Like her life just started moving forward in, in, in that sense. And I end up 
driving off the road, following oh. her car. Yeah, I had to run from the car. So here's the deal. Like, God has already spared me from all this really cool stuff. He's given me the ability to walk, run, jump, like, you know, giving me a great job, wonderful woman. And here I am still acting up and dealing with this alcohol thing. And I run from the crime scene. I end up, it was in some hills in an area that we live. So I end up like slipping down this hill into a creek, getting all scratched up. I'm in a t-shirt, so I'm bleeding. I'm wet. It's like five o'clock at night, early of the year. So, you know, it gets dark early. Right. And I end up having to crawl up under somebody's house. So, I'm called up under someone's house. I hear, I hear the police. I hear the sirens. I know they're looking for me, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. Uh, she's trying to call me, get a hold of me, and the police are trying to track me. They want to track my cell phone because I guess you can, you can do that, right? You right. Can, it's a tracking yeah. device. You can you can be tracked. But for whatever reason, they don't find me. My phone ends up dying, and I'm I'm laying under that house, and I'm just like I'm crying, I'm crying, and I'm apologizing to God. I'm I'm so sorry that I even put myself in this situation. You know, Lord, you've done so many great things for me. And here I am, like, this is what I, this is how I repay you. And under that house, I said this. I said, you know, Lord, you are right, righteous, and you are just. And you have every reason right now to take away this wonderful woman, uh, to take away this great job that I have, to, to have the police find me and, and arrest me and, and get me for DUI. But, Lord, if you bail me out of this situation, I will not take another drink of alcohol. I will marry that young woman. If you want her to be my wife, I will marry her. And she kept talking about wanting to, to move back down south. She was from Southern California. She went to Northern California for school. Mm -hmm. And I said, I will move to Southern California with her. If this is what you want for my life, Lord, bail me out of this situation. All of a sudden, I hear, get up. And so I get up and I start walking. I have no idea where I'm at. And some lady runs past me. And I'm like, ma'am, ma'am. And she just looks at me and keeps running. And I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> you told me to get up and go. I turn around and I see this junior college that I know of. Like, I know where I'm at now. And there was some guy doing some construction. There was construction work going on. And I walk over there and I'm like, you know, sir, I've had a really rough night, as you can see. I'm very cold. Can I sit in your truck and can you turn the heater on um, while you call a taxi for me? And he does that. He does all that. I mean, super, super nice guy. Comes back and he's like, hey, go to the police station on campus and wait for the taxi to come. And I'm not even thinking. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Like, you, you're, hmm. you're taking care of me. Like, we're moving <laughs> in the right direction, right? Uh -huh. And I'm not even thinking. Uh, right, right. I'm like, I'm going to the police oh, station. Boy. I'm not even thinking about that. I show up in front of the police station. These cops are looking at me like, you know, this guy's, you know, not in a good place. And my phone's dead, remember? I'm just like, excuse me, sir. Um, do you mind if I could borrow your phone charger so I can call my girlfriend? You know, not even thinking for a second that if they would ran my name, the kind of trouble I would have been in because I was still under the influence. They don't, they don't do anything. Taxi picks me up, takes me to the house. Alyssa is there with open arms. Um, at peace about the whole situation. She had been praying about it all night and, and the Lord gave her peace about it. When it was all said and done, I ended up going to court and I got six days of community service. I didn't get in trouble for much other than, you know, hit and run and leaving the scene of the crime. And I said, thank you, Lord. We moved to Southern California. A few months later, I ended up marrying her. God gave me a better job than I had before. <laughs> it was the same job, but it was in a, a better neighborhood. It was opening up a gym for the corporate location of that facility. Um, and there's only one of those in the United States, right? And I got to do the, the pre-sales and the opening and become the sales manager at that club. So not only did he have mercy and grace on me, like he still took care of me. Mm -hmm. And, and the truth, and the truth is, is that from that night, like, I have not even had the desire to drink alcohol. There's nothing inside of me that says, hey, I have to have alcohol. He, it's more than a promise. Like, I, yes, I promised that I wouldn't drink, but he took that desire out of me that night. And, and I haven't turned back. So with all this, like, he's spared me with rape and murder charges and, and healed my back to where, you know, I'm a completely functioning adult where I play 
you know, competitive sports and I'm extremely athletic and I'm a personal trainer and I don't take medication and, you know, I can be a functional husband for my, my wife and we have a, a baby boy and, you know, the Lord just keeps throwing blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing. Wow. And he was just there for me. I just can't stress enough, no matter what anyone's going through. I mean, those charges were very serious. To lose your ability to walk is very serious. The possibility of losing great people in your life is very serious. God just loved me that much that he showed up and, and he showed me that he was a, a good father. It's nice to know that God sees purpose in us when we don't see it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned, well, uh, you know, you had mentioned that um, of the things that uh, Father had uh, taken care for you, you did, what about the, the, you said they took care of the bill as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't touch on that. You know, the state of California ended up taking care of my $2 million worth of hospital bills. Whoa. You know, that, <laughs> that includes all the stays, that includes all the physical therapy, that includes all the medication, uh, everything that was included with all that was taken care of. Like the bill was taken care of. And, and I know I mentioned something about a vision of playing soccer, you know, yeah. two things. One, the Lord was showing me that I was going to be extremely active again. I mean, mm-hmm. most great soccer players, they run and they right. run and they run and they run. But also my, my wife's a soccer player. You know, she's a very good one, actually. You know, I think that was like a little a double meaning. Like, you mm-hmm. know, God gave me a little two for one, two for one shot on that vision. So, yep. Yeah, man. I, it's just, he constantly just, you know, he's, he's spoken to me many times in my life, uh, at this point, you know, and unexpected times where he just guides me and shows me do my best to, to honor him. Right now, what I'm trying, trying to do with, with my website and, and my, my testimony is, really pour into people and, and really show them that there is a father out there that cares, even if a lot of us are fatherless. The Lord put something on my heart. He, he pressed something on my heart that in the church, we have a lot of broken Christians. And, and I know that in the church, a lot of times it's like, well, we need to get people saved. We need to get people saved. We need to get people saved. And, and sometimes, you know, it's a numbers game on, on earth here. The Lord showed me that more than getting people saved, we need to heal the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like we need to heal these broken Christians that have lost their way with God the Father. Whether it's you know them not fellowshipping or being in the Word or or being in prayer, or, you know, walking what He's given us, or or maybe even being part of the wrong church, you know, or not what they're doing there is building up Christians, you know. And so He's put on my heart that you know you're going to go from church to church and you're going to share this story. You're going to give a little bit of that hope and that life to people, you know, and, and, and once the, the body of Christ starts to heal, then we can pull the world in and, and make what we have lucrative, right? I mean, we there's so, I know so many broken Christians that how can someone say, well, how is serving God beneficial? You're, you're all over the place. You're struggling with this and that, and, and you're acting like this, and you're doing everything that the world does, and what, what makes a walk with Christ appealing? A lot of that is just being complete in Him and having that joy that you can't get from anything else mm-hmm. or anywhere else. You know, you can have temporary happiness, don't get me wrong, but that, that joy, especially in the midst of, of trying times, you know, that's different, man. It is. And I think a lot of Christians are missing that. I think a lot of Christians are missing that, that completeness and, and that joy from Him. I think that's what He means by the peace that passeth all understanding. Why are you happy? Amen to that. Just because. <laughs> yeah. Just because. Right. Well, I have the Lord. I have the Lord. You know, we can turn on the TV and be affected by all the stuff that goes on in TV, and we can go to work and be around all these worldly situations. We need His peace in order to, to oh, survive in, in that arena. I was just thinking today, too, when we were getting ready for the show, is that it seems to be the older that I get, the more I realize how broken I truly am as a person and a mm-hmm. Christian. And I started thinking about that and, and just, it really just comes to me that I feel like it's almost like a process that we go through as mm-hmm. Christians. You know, we might start off completely feeling broken and have absolutely nothing in common with Christ-like walk. And then, you know, we get gung-ho about it and we get 
extreme about it and excited about it. And, you know, we see the log in other people's eye and Mm. so forth. And we go through all these phases and then it kind of seems like we kind of get to a point where we start realizing, yeah, I'm still that broken person. And I'm still that broken person because I still need Jesus. I'll always need Jesus. Oh, absolutely. That's spiritual maturity right uh-huh. there where you're at. I mean, you we, we've all, we've all, we've all been gung ho and, and we start preaching early on in our Christianity, the fire and brimstone. And you shouldn't be doing that because you're going to hell and, and focusing on everybody else's issues. But the longer that you walk with them, it's just like, you know, I got a long ways to go to be anything like your son. Right. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. um, and the more, the more I learn about you, the less I really know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That uh, that was a dramatic try to exit the world. You bet. Yeah, this is what I believe. I believe that God allowed that to happen because the only way for me to get out of the world was to literally and physically be taken out of the world. It's just what he had to do or he had, you know, he would never want me to jump out of a window. Like, that's not his desire for me whatsoever. He knew the temptations of the enemy. He knew what the enemy was going to throw at me. He also knew what it was going to take for me to come to the place that I'm in now. I mean, I can't tell you that I, 15 years ago, that I was going to be, you know, loving Jesus Christ and, and wanting to share his love with other people and wanting to create these ministries and a website and to go speak in front of people and, and share his love. And that wasn't my game plan. I promise you that. Hmm. Um, I believe that he, he gave me some pretty amazing gifts. In the world, I completely abuse those gifts, right? I, you know, I'm a very outgoing person and I have a, a, an uncanny way to like connect with people. It's just, but I used it for my own good right. or my own selfish ways in the world. And the more I'm with them now, I'm like, I want to use them for, for your good. Like these are what these gifts were intended for. Like I tell people all the time, I used to love being the center of attention. That was me. I'm hmm. the total rebel guy, center of attention. Now I get on stage and I truly don't want to be on stage. And the only thing that puts me on stage is the fact that I'm serving him and then I'm telling a story because it's going to help some broken soul. Right. Like that's what, that's my purpose now. Like, but, but it's, does it, is it what Rob wants to do? Like in the flesh? No, it's not what I want to do but it's definitely what I've been called to do. And now I get to use those gifts, right, right. for something much greater and, try and more to, important. Amen to that. And try to please the Father. Amen. Sometimes the Father's got to put yeah. you on your back so you'll look up. Mm-hmm. Literally. Oh, okay, you got jokes, huh, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes God's got to throw you out the window and just break yeah. the on, man. <laughs> yeah, you, didn't, you know, sometimes he opens the window for you or is at the door. You know, right? <laughs> right? Uh, I'm just glad he didn't cut up my face. I'm just know? glad his mercies, are, on yeah, his mercies are new every day, Rob. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm glad. I we don't be in a, a heap I of know. trouble. And I think, too, yeah, you know, no, I, people are always under this illusion that they have to be perfect when they become Christian or when uh, they are Christian. And, you know, honestly, I don't think anything could be further from the truth. We're not, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're still broken people. Mm-hmm. We're just broken people who know the right path to take now. We want you as you are. You know, and we just want to let everybody know about Jesus and we want to try to leave the past in the past and walk a new path with Jesus rather than trying to do it our own way. It doesn't work. My own way didn't work. You know, I'll say this, like where my life stands right now, what I tried to create for myself, as reckless as it was in the world, there was only so much I could do. There was only so much success that was involved with that lifestyle and and the things I was trying to accomplish. It was very vain. But everything that he does for me is not like what goes on in my life right now is beyond me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that I could have achieved on my own, and it's something that he's he's poured into me and and he's he's given me because he he loves me. And I know that all you guys can relate to that story. Mm-hmm. Well, you bet. Mm-hmm. Good company, Rob. Absolutely. What a oh, testimony. Sure. Well, that was well, it is. It's all his. I just I had to show up and break my back in the. Process, you know. <laughs> Try to fly out a third-story window. 
Well, you know, the funny thing is I, I wear, I wear Superman shirts and it's actually pretty much like an oxymoron, right? Cause I, I don't, I don't fly very well, man. <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think a little bit more than I fly, right? Yeah, we're just not very aerodynamic like that. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be able to share the, the testimony with you guys and thanks for allowing me to do that, you know, and I, and I really hope that your podcast and your radio show, you know, reaches millions of people and really touches the lives of many. There are so many people that need to know Jesus and there's Absolutely. so many people in Jesus yeah, that, that's that hope, need to draw closer to him. Amen. Yeah, for sure. And that's I, our hope. I'm with you on that hope. Thank so. you. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, it's uh, that time, uh, Rob. Uh, you have anything that you want to uh, say? Time for the shameless plugs, Rob. Yeah. The plugs. Books, tapes, and functions. Right, right. Right, well, I mean, for me, it's just like anyone wants to find me. You know, they can go to robbeckerspeaks.com. There's a, a portion on my website where you can email me. Uh, with any questions or comments or if you have any prayer requests also has access to my social media and if anyone has seen my social media you know i post a lot of you know i'm a personal trainer so i, I post a lot of workout videos with myself and my clients uh, mm-hmm. nutrition I, I i show off my adorable little son and my beautiful wife on my my social media i definitely give glory to god in in, in, in what i do and all this stuff and on that website, there's a book. I, I had a, the privilege to write a chapter in a book, and it, it became an international bestseller through Amazon. That book is on there. Um, all the podcasts that I've been on, most of them are up there. CBN video articles that have been written about me. And, mm-hmm. um, you can just you can reach me through that that stuff. I mean, I, I personally I want that to grow into where like. Maybe I have a podcast. I don't know what God wants from me, but mm-hmm. maybe I have a podcast and I can, I can reach out to people with stellar testimonies and start putting their stuff on my website. And, and you guys can pray for me, uh, on this. Like I really want to create a ministry, um, called Faith and Fitness. And I want to take the two and, and, and merge the two and, and really use it for the youth. I mean, everyone can use it. Everyone can right. use faith and everyone can use fitness, but you know, I really want to, gear it toward toward the youth. I mean, as you guys know, like you see what's going on in this world. You see how lost the, the youth are. I'm a trainer and I work with a lot of young people where their parents work full time. They don't get a, you know, they don't just spend a lot of time with their kids. Like they don't get a chance to raise their kids. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times some of these kids have dads, but there's no leadership for these kids. And, you know, I want to be used in that arena. You know, I want to be able to, to help some of these kids because I was that, that lost and broken kid. I just think it's on a whole different level now, now that social media is taking place. And right. I live in California, so, you know, everyone has to work in order to pay rent here. You know, 80% of your paycheck goes to rent in California. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's my goal. My, my goal and my dream is to, to really create a ministry and to be able to reach these, uh, these kids. But, you know, people in general, I love people in general, but I do have a heart for the youth. Listen, Rob, I know we're coast to coast, you know, Florida, California, but I just want to put this out there to you and I want to make our studio available to you. If you need help getting the podcast off the ground or if you need some production value, even if you were to record them and, and I'll produce them for you, I can help oh, you get set amazing. up. Whatever you need, Rob, you, you've got the phone number now. So uh, just give a jingle and um, we'll partner up with you and make it happen. I truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Man, session 162. 162. That is amazing. And, and hey, Rob, um, this guy here, I go, like you, I like to uh, work out. I go to the gym four times a week. So I'm with you. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's something special about taking care of the body, man. And, and you know, the way that we feel when we eat well and, and we move well, you know, it affects, like, to me, it affects my spiritual life. You know, when I when I feel good physically, you know, I'm in a good place spiritually. When I'm mm-hmm. in a good place spiritually, I'm in a good place physically. Like, when Amen. I'm honoring God with my body, like, things are good, right? You know, it's, that's right. when I start becoming a glutton and eating Pop-Tarts and <laughs> not working out, like, now I'm no longer mm-hmm. honoring the, the Lord that gave my gave me my body back. Oh, so, man, we can't eat you know, Pop-Tarts? <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal. If you want to run a 10K and then have some Pop-Tarts, 
man, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the deal, man. That's the deal. That's, I that's would never survive a 10K, but no I would way. survive a Pop-Tart. There you go. <laughs> well, then you don't get to survive a Pop-Tart. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm with you, Rob. That, that's how it works. No frosting for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, I, I meant what I said, Rob. So if you need a, need any of us or any help, uh, just let us know and we'll help get your uh, podcast and any help with the ministry. Just uh, let us know. I feel a kindred spirit. I feel like uh, we need to link up with you and make it happen. Even though we're coast to coast, we'd like to have brothers and okay. sisters out there on the West Coast. And um, maybe that wife of yours might have a testimony. Well, she could. Well, she's seen me go through some things, so she, she could share some of that and I'm very grateful that my wife hasn't been through too much traumatic stuff, but <laughs> at the same time, like what she's been through is what she's been through. And, that's right. Um, you know, and, and you can never discount someone else's. That's something I actually talk about a lot too, is that someone will look at me and like, that's trauma that you've been through, you know, and, and here's the reality of all of it. Maybe you haven't been through a lot of things, and but the things that you suffered had the same kind of impact on you that this situation had on me. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. I, I don't want to get to this. It's not me to discount that. I don't get to, I, you know, I, I understand and I'm compassionate toward that. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, you don't want to hear what I, I have to say because look at what you've been through. And I'm like, no. It's, it's yeah, we get that all I the time, bro. Right? We get that all the time. Yeah. I don't have a story. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't a rock star, yeah, strung right. out on acid and came to know Christ <laughs> and played guitar in front of tens right. of millions of people. You know, everybody's got a story yeah. and... and as we always say, someone out there needs to hear what you have to say. So we're always very right. appreciative well, you know, when somebody comes forward. Yep. So it went out to 91 well, you know, countries that we know of. 99. Not, my story is not going to touch everybody, you know, and it, it could be no. the guy that, you know, sprained his ankle walking down the street, you know, that who knows mm-hmm. that, that, that his, his testimony is going to touch someone else. It's just, that's the way it works. Yep. And, you know, this isn't this isn't our kingdom where we're trying to collect people. This is God's kingdom, and He uses people in different stories. Let's just hope that through all this, that there are some serious souls saved. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Well, make sure you like us on Facebook and like Rob. He contacted us through God Stories Radio at Gmail dot com. Yes, he did. And uh, like Rob, if you can call in, we'd love to hear your testimony. If you're on the West Coast, we love our California brothers and sisters, and um, hopefully this will spawn some other folks to come forward and, and give their testimony. But even if you're kind of gun shy and uh, you don't really like the you know the voice presentation, then you can write it down. We've had people actually jot down their testimony and, and send it to us, and we'll read them. Well, we ain't scared. We ain't scared. So we love them any way we can get them because somebody out there needs, needs to hear absolutely. what you have to say. So uh, they can like us on Facebook. What else can they do, Mikey? They can tweet us. They can tweet us on uh, Twitter, GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And then you can also go to uh, Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, and like us on Mixler, and you will be notified every time we go live, like we're live right now. We've got a couple people on. We really appreciate it. You dialed into a good one tonight. Make sure you check out Rob's website. We just appreciate you being here. We just love each and every one of you. Anything else, guys? That's yeah. it. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for session 162. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Teeny. God bless. God bless. God bless. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. Bye.
Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise All that I need is to be It's so 